Hello. Welcome back to Mother Mystery. I hope I didn't scare you off last week and or last episode because I might end up putting these out the first and the second one um, out at the same time just to give you a little something something. But yeah, I just hope that you're still so excited, as excited as I am to dive right into this week's story. For my first episode, I immediately thought of this story. I first heard about it on a true crime podcast and I became a little obsessed. It's just so crazy. After I heard the story, I started looking on Facebook groups about it, Googling everything about it, and I'm still just so sad nothing ever came of this guy. And I guess that's a spoiler. They they haven't found Bryce, and there's hardly any updates. But I hope that he's out there, and sometime down the line, he pops up. So anyway, for my first mystery, we're going to talk about the disappearance of Bryceless Pisa. Let's get into the motherfucking mystery. So stars of the show are Bryce and his parents, which they're no fucking help at all, and I really hate to say that about them, but they made it that way okay Bryce lived with his parents in Laguna Niguel California which like how special does that sound oh I live in Laguna Niguel and and no I'm not coming to your yard sale okay when I googled pictures of Laguna Niguel I mean it was nice they live literally on top of each other but most of them have a view of the ocean so I guess it's like pick your poison you know so yeah he lived with his parents until he went away to Sierra College which is a little over 60 miles from Laguna Niguel And if you're like me and not so good with miles, that's a little under an hour away. So he lived there with his roommate, Sean, and got a little girlfriend named Kim. And I love the name Kim. And her last name was Sly. Bryce had a great first year at college. Along with his friend slash roommate and girlfriend, he got good grades and apparently was just out there living the life. And we love that for him. He was in touch with his mom often. And apparently, according to her, this was not anything new. She has said she always had a very open relationship with Bryce and they communicated very well. There was nothing, according to her, that Bryce would be afraid to tell his parents. But what they didn't know was Bryce was just all fucking it up, taking Vyvanse. And this is a medicine that should help with ADHD, which he did not have. So taking it without having ADHD causes insomnia, lack of appetite, and according to Google, anxiety, hallucinations, aggression, and a lot of other things. Bryce liked to take Vyvanse because he loved playing video games with his friends until the sun came up, you know. And I mean, he's in college. He has things to do, deadlines and all that. So Bryce was abusing the Vyvanse, according to his friends, but also drinking a lot of alcohol. And they say a lot like it's two-fifths in a weekend, but I'm not judging. I am not out here to be judging Bryce. I love that for you until his friends have said, you know, they saw a change in him and he started doing all these weird things. Weird enough to where roommate Sean calls Bryce's mom and tells her he's a little concerned for Bryce. He's acting strange and roommate Sean is just freaking concerned, okay? So that same night, Bryce calls his mom from girlfriend Kim's house and says he's pissed because Kim won't give him his keys so he can leave. Kim gets on the phone. She says, yeah, Bryce is freaking out. And no, I'm not giving him his keys. Bryce, gets back on the phone with mom and says, well, she's just doing this because I broke up with her and she doesn't want me to, to leave because she's heartbroken, you know. Okay, apparently Bryce had sent Kim a text the night before that said she was better off without him. She responds with, are we breaking up? And he replies, yeah. So, having the phone calls from both roommate Sean and now ex-girlfriend Kim, Bryce's mom still on the phone. She's like, okay, I'm booking the next flight out there. Everyone seems concerned about your behavior. I'm just going to come see what's up. Bryce is all, um, no, mom, don't book the motherfucking flight until I talk to you, okay? I have a lot to talk to you about. 
She somehow takes that as a good answer. If someone tells me I have something I need to talk to you about, uh uh-uh, you're going to tell me right now. But anyway, mom doesn't book the flight, says I'll call you tomorrow, and Bryce heads home around 11 p.m. Home is now his apartment with roommate Sean. Bryce's mom gets a call from him around 1 a.m., the same night. She's thinking he's just checking in and that he's back at his apartment but what mom doesn't know is he's now about an hour away from his apartment and he never even went home. So he checks in. Everything seems fine. Bryce's mom goes to bed. Bryce's mom then wakes up to a voicemail from their car's insurance company saying that Bryce's car had asked for roadside assistance. I don't know if they just call you and say, hey, your car asked for roadside assistance and we have no other info for you, or if this was like a recording or what, but mom called Bryce's apartment and gets roommate Sean. She asks if Bryce is still asleep, and he says, well, no, Bryce never came home last night. Also, Bryce's mom's name is Karen, so I will now refer to her that way, and his dad is Mike. Okay. Anyway, after they find that out, they look on his bank statements to try to see where he is, and they see a transaction for a place called Castro Tire and Truck in Button Willow, California. Button Willow. That's just Button Willow. Okay. So, Mike and Karen call the Castro Tire and Truck in Button Willow and ask who helped the Toyota Highlander they saw earlier. They speak to a godsend Christian, and he deserves a medal. He says, yeah, I saw that guy, helped him get gas, offers to go to the gas station Bryce supposedly went to and check to see if he was still there. Godsend Christian calls back saying he found Bryce at the gas station. Bryce talks to Karen, and she's like, okay, well, you just need to come home. It's about 12 p.m. now, and Bryce is three hours away from his parents. Karen asks, well, what have you been doing? And he's like... Well, nothing really, Mom. Karen has said she didn't want to be too pushy in this situation, and she didn't want to upset Bryce, so she didn't ask many questions. She didn't try to dig anything out of him. And I'm like, Mama Karen, are you fucking serious? Brycey is out here in Button Willow, middle of the fuck nowhere, so far from where he's supposed to be. He's been at this gas station for three hours now, and the only thing you say is, okay, well, just come home. If this is me, I'm asking... Who's there? Who have you talked to? How'd you run out of gas? How much money do you have? Do I need to come get you? And when will you be here? So if Bryce had left after that phone call and headed to his parents, he should have been there by 3 or 3.30 a.m. So when they didn't hear from him by 6 p.m., he wasn't answering his phone. They went ahead and called the police. The police ping his phone. Guess where the fuck he was? Button Willow at the gas station. I don't know how, as a parent, you are not already there and back with him. Mike and Karen are acting like they're just glued in one spot. Like, can you not freaking move? Do you not have a car? What is the deal? Police drive to Button Willow and find Bryce's car, eight miles away from the gas station he was at six hours earlier. Okay, I needed a long sip of wine just then. Okay, they talk to Bryce. He seems completely with it. They give him a drunk test or whatever the fuck, and he passes. They search his car and find nothing, and they're like, so, uh, what you doing? And Bryce says, hey, I'm just trying to blow off some steam. So police say, well, listen, you need to call your mom. Bryce is like, "Mm, no, no thanks. The cop says, give me your phone and I'm calling your mom. Somehow this gets done. Bryce talks to his mom and both she and the cop agree that he's coherent, he's safe, and there's nothing else that can be done over the phone. <laughs> I guess that's that's fine, but when there's such a concern for someone's well-being, like they've just been out like missing for this long, whether they're coherent and seem with it or not, like 
Why? How is there not something else that can be done? Anyway, so frustrating. And Karen's just like, okay, well now, you know, you just really need to get on the road and come home, sweetie. I'd be like, look, I'm on my way. I'm headed to you, and I'll, I'm going to find you. Karen and Mike get a call a little after, and it's Godsend Christian. He's calling to check up on Bryce and see whatever happened. They fill him in, and he offers once again to go drive to the gas station he was at and see if he's still there. He gets there, and he's like... <laughs> Funny story, Bryce is still here. Karen again talks to Bryce on the phone, says you need to get your ass home, and Christian offers to follow Bryce to the freeway pointed in the direction of Karen and Mike. Bryce calls his mom later to check in, and she asks, well, what landmarks can you see? And he's like, well, it's really dark. I can't I can't see anything. He said, don't worry, though. The GPS says I'll be home at 3.30 a.m. He calls at 2.09 a.m. and says, I'm real tired, so I think I'm going to pull over and try to sleep. Mike and Karen say, okay, probably a good idea. You've been up for over 24 hours. Night night. Mike and Karen somehow get sleep that night, and they wake up at 8 a.m. to highway patrol at their door, asking if they have 2003 Highlander. And they're like, uh, yeah. And they said, well, we found it. It's been crashed. So the Highlander is crashed. It's on its side, abandoned at Castaic Lake. I think I'm saying that right, Castaic. The crash must have happened between 4.20 and 5.15 a.m. The back window has been busted out from the inside. Everything seems to be in place. His laptop, phone, and a duffel bag are all in the car. Just no Brycey. There was a little bit of blood on the driver headrest and a little bit more in the back seat. It seemed like he just walked away almost unscathed. Where are you, Brycey? So there's a surveillance camera somewhere around the lake that shows that shows Bryce drive by. And then at 4 something a.m., they see him drive back towards the lake. Looking at the lake from the road, it does look like you can just drive straight into it, like you wouldn't see the steep embankment from there. The tire tracks make it seem like there was no braking or trying to stop, but possibly the car accelerating until it fell from the top of the embankment from 20 feet and crashed. To some, it seems like this was on purpose. Maybe he was wanting to end his life, especially after hearing the concern from his friends and girlfriend. Roommate Sean ends up saying that Bryce was actually giving away a lot of his stuff the days leading up to the crash. Bryce's parents, though, they're real persistent on how open he was with them and insist that they would have really known about anything going on with him. And they know he was fine. And I've been a teenager before. And <laughs> who's out here telling their parents exactly everything, every little thing that they do and nothing about everything that they're doing that your parents don't want you to do? You know what I'm saying? I think they're in denial and they didn't want to believe that little Brycey was out here really having a hard time and struggling and maybe had a little bit of substance abuse. And a very large scale search of the lake was done and there was still nothing that came of it. No leads, no nothing. Search dogs do find his scent and they follow it until it ends at a truck stop close to the area. So what? Did he get a ride? Did he find somebody to take him somewhere? There is no other information. Nothing. Unlike some, I do not think Bryce was trying to end his life. There are many other possible theories. He could have hit his head in the crash, had some memory loss, amnesia even, wasn't sure where he was or even who he was, went to the truck stop to try to get home or to try to get anywhere if he had no memory of home. Maybe he was murdered or maybe he is actually somewhere and either still doesn't remember or is just out there living. And I really hope it's that. I hope he's out there and he has the ability to get back home someday. There have been a few posts made to the Bryceless Pizza Facebook group where people have sent in pictures thinking they found Bryce, but 
it never ends up being him. Bryce has been missing since August 30th, 2013. He was 19 years old. I do want to try to be lighthearted on this podcast and will be humorous in some of the storytelling. I do hope that it brings more attention to the story, though, and that it helps in some way. This mystery stuck with me, and I just feel awful for Bryce's family, and I pray for peace and comfort in their lives. You're beautiful. I'll see you next time.